Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24:15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing with our series titled, According to the Pattern. Our text scripture is where God spoke to Moses in Exodus chapter 25, verses 8 through 9. And he said, Let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle, and the pattern of all its furnishings, just so you shall make it. And we've made our way from the east to the west through the tabernacle of Moses. We've made it all the way up to the Holy of Holies. And we're talking about the three items that are in the Ark of the Covenant. The tabernacle of Moses is a prophetic pattern of the way. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes unto the Father but through him. And here we are. We're in the Holy of Holies in the presence of God through the blood of Jesus. Psalm 99 verse 1 says, The Lord reigns, let the peoples tremble. He dwells between the cherubim, let the earth be moved. Yesterday we discussed the three items that were inside the Ark of the Covenant. They are the Ten Commandments on two tablets of stone, a golden pot of manna, and Aaron's rod that budded. We left off yesterday talking about the Ten Commandments with the question, why do we think the devil is working so hard to get rid of the Ten Commandments? I'll tell you why. Because the Ten Commandments have the power to bring life. Yes, at first we are slain because we're guilty, but after we repent, which is the baptism of repentance, which we find in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, thanks to our tutor, the Old Testament law, showing us we have sinned and our wages is death, we call on Jesus. And that's where we find the baptism into the body, from Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Once we have accepted Christ as our Savior, we have inherited the righteousness of God in Christ because Christ paid the price for our sin. It's called the great exchange, and I call it the divine exchange. We're saved, born again, and new creatures in Christ. Should we now get rid of the Ten Commandments? No, let's not reject our tutor. The Ten Commandments are the best advice and guidance anyone could ever give us. The Ten Commandments are God's moral law. Do we want success and happiness in life? I suggest we listen to our tutor. He is, by the way, God, our Heavenly Father. Just think, the Ark of the Covenant represents our meeting place. It represents where we converse with the God of the universe. And with the first book of instruction, he begins to teach us the Ten Commandments. He tells us we need these commandments for two reasons. First, to know what sin is, that we're guilty and we need a Savior. And second, to know the boundaries of how to live a happy, healthy, and successful life on earth. He tells us we have free choice. We do not have to respect the boundaries. 
However, he tells us it is not his will that we live in an unhappy, unhealthy, unsuccessful life on earth and that we miss the inheritance of eternal life with him. In the days of Moses, the Ark of the Covenant was God's meeting place among men. Inside were the Ten Commandments. Today's God's meeting place is in our heart. This is an excellent place to put a copy of the Ten Commandments for ourselves. Well, the second item in the Ark of the Covenant is the golden pot of manna. The golden pot of manna represents the miracle of provision. God fed the Israelites in the wilderness with manna for 40 years. They called it the bread from heaven. But Jesus gave a correction on that term. In John chapter 6, verses 32 through 35, we find, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Yes, the law killed us, but Jesus came that we might have life and life abundant. We find that in John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The golden pot of manna represents Jesus Christ, our Savior, our bread of life. Call on him and be saved. As it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. It says that in John chapter 14, verse 6. And Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says, There is no other name under heaven whereby man may be saved. It's interesting, in the wilderness, the manna would only last for one day. If the Israelites attempted to keep any leftovers overnight, it would rot and be full of maggots, except for the sixth day. God instructed them to collect a two-day supply on the sixth day. That night, it did not rot, but lasted through the Sabbath, the day of rest. Talk about provision. That's amazing. Well, here's a question. If manna only lasted one day except for the sixth day, how did the manna last in the golden pot in the ark after the Israelites reached the promised land and God no longer supplied it? Hmm, sounds like eternal manna. Oh, I get it. This manna is likened unto Christ, the eternal bread of life. John chapter 6, verse 35 again. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. And the third item in the Ark of the Covenant is Aaron's rod that budded. The Ten Commandments represent God the Father, his law, and his boundaries. The golden pot of manna represents Jesus Christ, God's Son, the Messiah, the Savior, and the eternal bread of life. Aaron's rod that budded represents the power, fruit, and gifts of the Holy Spirit. Concerning Aaron's rod, the Tyndale Bible Dictionary says, Aaron's rod is the staff belonging to Moses' brother, Aaron, symbolizing the two brothers' authority in Israel. When the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness, a threat against Moses and Aaron's leadership was led by Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. In spite of the Lord's destruction of those rebels and their followers, the rest of the people of Israel turned against Moses and Aaron, saying that they had killed the people of the Lord. 
in order to restore respect for the divinely appointed leadership, the Lord told Moses to collect a rod from each tribe and have the leader of the tribe write his name on it. Aaron was told to write his name on the rod of Levi. The rods were placed in the inner room of the tabernacle in front of the Ark of the Covenant. In the morning, Aaron's rod had sprouted blossoms and had produced ripe almonds. The rod was then kept there as a continual sign to Israel that the Lord had established the authority of Moses and Aaron. And the Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible says this, This rod may have been the same one given to Moses and Aaron before the exodus from Egypt. That rod was instrumental in the events leading to the Pharaoh's release of the Israelites. When it became a snake and devoured the rods of the Pharaoh's magicians, the superiority of the Lord's power was demonstrated. It was used to turn the waters of the Nile to blood and to bring about the plagues of frogs and gnats or lice. When Moses stretched the rod out over the waters of the Red Sea, the Israelites were allowed to pass through on dry land, but the army of Egypt was destroyed. Aaron's rod not only stands for delegated authority, but also for the power, the fruit, and the gifts of the Spirit. For blossoms of life and the fruit of almonds to be birthed overnight from a dead almond branch is impossible. But as Mark chapter 10 verse 27 says, But with God, all things are possible. The blossoms and almonds were confirmation. A miracle had taken place. The fruit and gifts of the Spirit are just that. The fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit working in and through our Spirit confirming the Word through signs and wonders. Again, it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, the authority and empowerment for service. Remember, Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 says, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 through 23, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. The Ten Commandments, the golden pot of manna, and Aaron's rod that budded. Now we see within the Ark of the Covenant the Trinity, the fullness of the Godhead, all three persons in one Ark. And now the tabernacle, the dwelling place of God, is within the heart of man. Kevin Connor, in his book, The Tabernacle of Moses, says, All of his fullness is to be likewise manifested in the church, which is the body of Christ. The church is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. We find that in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. It says, Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And as Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 21 says, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. 
Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Well, here's the tabernacle of Moses. We started at the narrow gate with the baptism of repentance, which brought us. As we were led west, we were baptized into the body, which joined us. Then the baptism in water at the brazen labor showed us. And the baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire empowered us. Christ is above us, through us, and in us. And we have full access to the throne of God, the meeting place to receive his grace to help in time of need. God prophesied it within the details of the tabernacle of Moses. It's the pattern of the way into his presence. Again, Exodus chapter 25, verses 8 through 9 says, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show you, that is, the pattern of the tabernacle, and the pattern of all its furnishings. Just so you shall make it. And someone says this is merely coincidence? Aaron's rod that budded represents the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in action through the power of the Holy Spirit. We once were dead, but now we're alive. Tomorrow, we'll begin the second prophetic pattern in the tabernacle of Moses called the pattern of the value. So tune in tomorrow, same time, same place. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.